interview with Brian Kibler at PAX East 2019. Yeah, I know the years. All right, so you've been here working with Magic for the Mythic Invitational. What's it been like uh, on the other side of the camera, especially at something like PAX as opposed to, you know, like a GP or a Pro Tour? It's been pretty incredible. Uh, you know, this is the biggest production that Magic's ever done, and it's pretty amazing to be involved in it. You know, I've been playing Magic for 25 years in pretty much every role that you could possibly, uh, you know, be as a player, you know, as, as a commentator and uh, you know, content creator, etc. Um, and you know, there's been, been nothing like this. You know, this is a spectacle way beyond the scope of, of anything that we've seen, and it's it's amazing to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're one of you're a pretty long-standing person in the Magic field. And did you ever think, you know, when you were doing some of those early Pro Tours, that Wizards would get to the point of doing something like this? No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, like, you know, I, I had yeah, sort of seen Wizards do a lot over the course of the years that was kind of more of the same. You know, we was like, okay, well, maybe we'll, like, we'll have, you know, throw a little bit more money at the Pro Tour, you know, maybe we'll have, like, you know, video coverage of the Pro Tour. But it was always, you know, very much focused on supporting the infrastructure that was already in place. And there was there was never, you know, for a very long time, a, a full-scale reimagining of, you know, what magic could be. And I think with Arena and the, the attention that, that uh, Arena has brought to magic and the, the watchability of Arena, the accessibility of Arena, it's really recreated what magic can be to a lot of people. And, you know, you can have big stages, bright lights, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people watching, and it's incredible. Yeah, so uh, unlike a lot of the other Magic Pros, you've had some time in that sort of esports space, especially with your stuff that you've done with Hearthstone. So, what do you think of this sort of this Magic esports direction, especially like what you were talking about about Arena? You know, it makes Magic way more watchable than Paper or Moto ever was. I, I think it's I think it's the right direction. I have I have found myself in the weird position because I you know was someone who many years ago I was like, oh my god, you can make money playing games. Wow, that's incredible because that just wasn't a thing when I started playing Magic competitively. I, like when I first won like a hundred dollars in a local tournament, I was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing! How is this possible?" When now, with sort of esports being kind of a mainstream thing, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of people who've never grown up in a world that that wasn't true. That they there weren't people who played games professionally that they could just watch people playing games, and, and that was just a thing that that happened. And a lot of Magic players came from that you know sort of transitional period where it was like. It wasn't something, it was something that they'd kind of grown to expect. It was like, okay, you know, I can be a professional Magic player. It's like, well, why can you be a professional Magic player? Why should anyone pay anyone to play games? And, you know, the, the, the rationale is, you know, the reality is that you really need to be, be promoting something. You need to be promoting the game in a, in a very meaningful way. And, and with the direction of, like, okay, you know, we have stars on stage, like, you know, in front of a giant crowd, that's... That's presenting value to, you know, like marketing the game and potentially marketing to sponsors, you know. We are here powered by Omen by X HP, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you didn't have that with Magic before. And, you know, with the sort of eyeballs that Arena can bring in, it's a very different world. All right. So, you know, the format was is very different than people are used to for competitive Magic. It's best of ones, but, but still a best of three. What do you think uh, was uh, something surprising that you saw from the way, especially the MPL players, evolved their way of building decks? Honestly, I wasn't really surprised with how things sort of shaked out in this tournament. I expected to see primarily really linear sort of polarized strategies, right? Because it's not just the format, but also the card pool that lends itself toward 
uh, really pushing to the extremes. You want to either be playing a deck that takes advantage of your opponent having any kind of stumbles, or playing a deck that uh, you know really puts your opponent in in terms of uh, puts your opponent into a corner in terms of you having inevitability and, and tries to make as many of their cards useless as possible. And I think that the duo standard format right now uh, is a symptom of like how it broke down is a symptom of the format itself kind of encouraging that because of the lack of sideboarding and the card pool right now having like a deck like Esper Control being so powerful that you you, you really struggle to play a deck that's kind of mid-range because you, you will uh, fundamentally have like a ton of dead cards if you do go up against control. Like one card that's super popular in traditional standard is Lava Coil. Yeah. Lava Coil is a super good removal spell that's, you know, is just like like top notch against almost any creature deck in the format. But if, if you expect that fully half your games will be against Esper, you can't put a Lava Coil in your deck it's a dead card. So we didn't see decks built around those kind of, of, of like efficient but inflexible removal spells in the same way that you can in normal standard. Uh, so a card that we saw a lot this weekend that you don't see in standard, sort of in the inverse, we saw a lot of Masterminds Acquisition. Yeah. yeah uh, that, that actually I think is one of the cool elements of this format, because Masterminds Acquisition, you know, much like the Wishes before it, you know, it, it has a pretty heavy cost in terms of maximizing its utility. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I was surprised to see Masterminds Acquisition, because that was one of the things I was like, ooh, this is the power point of the format, right? And even, one of the funny things was like, most of the Esper decks had one of them, because having one of them gives you so much flexibility, so much utility, it comes at a very low cost. And, you know, that's obviously not something that you'd see in traditional standard format. All right, so let's say you were playing in the Mythic Invitational this weekend. What deck would you have gone for? Would you have been one of these Esper Control players? Um, probably, because it's, it's just so much money on the line, right? You, you just, you have to play, you know, the best decks, right? And you don't have the ability to adapt in the way that I I like to do in, uh, in Magic. My, my favorite decks in Magic are green mid-range decks, right? And right. It's like, yeah. Those are just not good decks in this format. The the you know the white decks and the red decks are like better versions of creature decks in the way that the format plays out. Like the vulnerability of a Llanowar Elf deck to you know a Kaya's Wrath deck is yeah. much higher than a Legion's Landing deck or you know Experimental Frenzy and Burn deck, right? Um, so yeah, I, I do think that the the nature of the format kind of pushes my preferred strategies to to the side. All right. So you know, the Invitational is wrapping up today. Uh, we're still going to have more arena-based Mythic Championships. What do you hope to see as Magic Esports sort of finds its identity and evolves over the course of this year and in future years? Uh, I hope to see the philosophies behind this tournament sort of taken forward. I think that it's very clear that people are excited about what's happening here. Um, but I don't think that we've seen like the best possible form of what this can be. I think that like the duo standard format you know, it needs needs some work in order to be something which I think is satisfying as a competitive field for like established players. I mean, I, I think that you see a lot of, uh, of matchups that it's like, oh, I, I got to play my like good matchup, then good matchup, or you know, I, I got to I, I like drew less of my dead cards in the Esper Mirror. Yeah. And you know, those those aren't as satisfying I think as, as some other forms of, of you know, gameplay that Magic players are used to. You know, traditional uh, standard play with sideboarding. So while I think that like going for a, a more sort of accessible approach that, that also is relatable to the audience who primarily plays best of one in arena is the correct goal. I don't know that the final result that we got to here with the duo standard format is like the best way we can do it. I hope to sort of improve on that because I do think it's a good experiment to figure out where the problems are. All right, and as a very, very final question, War of the Spark, saw the trailer, you've seen some preview cards. Not gonna ask about any of that, you've been talking about it on the broadcast. What ideally would you want to see 
in a magic card in War of the Spark? Do you want to see like a dope green Garrick that like does the things you need in your yeah, format? Well, what do you need? Well, I mean, I want to know what happened to Garrick. We haven't seen Garrick since you know he was, he was like <laughs> corrupted or whatever as yeah. the Apex Predator. You would think he'd be in this set, like, here to, like, be... Like, it's War of the Spark, there's a bunch of Planeswalkers. You'd think it'd be, like, a homing beacon you, for Garrick. You'd think, and, I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe he is. We haven't we haven't seen. There's obviously a lot of Planeswalkers in there. You know, I, I want to see what's up with Domri, you know? We, we, we're on Domri's home plane. He's my boy. We just got a Domri, but I want to see, is he, you know, one of the Planeswalkers that shows up in the set? Because, yeah, I, I love me some Domri and, uh, and want to see, you know, what my boy's up to in the war, so... So just more aggro cards. Ah, just I want my green, <laughs> I want my green planeswalkers. You know, I gotta have great planeswalkers to put in my deck. So when someone Caius rats me, I got something sticking around. All right. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My so I'm gonna take a quick picture of you sure. uh, on the backdrop. Sure. Since it's